Hello and welcome to the Local Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson. The Local Leaders Podcast provides a platform for successful business owners to share their stories, their experiences, their advice, and their ideas in order to help our listeners achieve more success in their business and in their lives. Get ready. Another great show is coming up. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Local Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson, and I am super excited today to have our new friend, Matt Habib, uh, with us today from the Red Poppy Bistro. Uh, Matt has got a truly, well, I don't know if it's unique, but it's uh, an interesting story about his business and, and businesses and kind of how he got to where he was. And first off, welcome, Matthew. Uh, Matt, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. We, we appreciate you, you being on and bringing your expertise and knowledge and experience and uh, sharing it with our audience. And I think I'll just start by having you asking you about your story. If, if you want to take us back to the beginning and kind of how you got started, because I found it super interesting. And I think our listeners will really uh, appreciate all that you kind of went through over the years. Sure. So um, like we were talking about before, I, um, I did start at the, the building blocks of, of my career did start as a caterer and then it just nat- uh, naturally progressed um, to a food truck. And then from the food truck, from we used to have a business called Legit Dogs and Ice, which was a gourmet hot dog food truck um, with a punk rock feel, punk rock skater feel. And uh, from there, uh, we, we kind of developed this cult following. And uh, I would say probably within about eight months of having our food truck up and running, I used to get questions all the time. Where's the restaurant? Where's the restaurant? Well, I, I don't have a restaurant, so I guess we better get a restaurant now. So we worked on getting a restaurant, which we, we then opened up. Not only was it a restaurant, but it was also a punk rock venue and a comedy club venue. I've never run a venue or thrown any type of uh, show like that, a concert like that, but we were actually able to get uh, headliners, national headliners in there. We were actually able to get some uh, pretty big names for the comedy show. So uh, we had a restaurant slash venue. And basically what happened was, long story short, we ran into, uh, let us say, a disagreement with our landlord and the way that our business was um, it wasn't allowed to flourish in the building the way it should to the point where we could not even have a sign for our <laughs> business and we were in the basement of this building that nobody even realized oh my god there's a restaurant down there so we actually um, were forced to close it down but in a weird roundabout way um, that led us to um, partner with uh, one of our friends who is, uh, he, he, he has a lot of real estate in Elgin in the city that we live in. So we are actually in the waiting process right now to re- reopen Legit Dogs and Ice. However, for the t- two, three year time span, our window to, to reopen that business, unfortunately, has been slowed down um, by COVID. So we actually took this time uh, in the middle of COVID to open the Red Poppy Bistro. And the Red Poppy Bistro actually has a history uh, that it used to be open in Chicago. 
And it was my uh, wife's mother's Polish delicatessen. So she has taught us all the recipes. And now uh, we have the Red Poppy Bistro open. And our grand opening for the Red Poppy Bistro was literally the day of the Illinois governor shutting down Illinois due to COVID. So our grand opening lasted two hours and uh, we were shut down. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, once the weather kind of turned nicer, we were were able to have seating outside. Once again, built a following around this uh, Polish German, you know, bistro. And we were able to have outdoor seating for the summer. But once we finally hit uh, Thanksgiving time, you know, things start to slow down because of the holidays, things are getting slower, we can no longer have the outdoor seating, we decided that we didn't want to sit around. So we used that time to actually expand our restaurant. So we went from a 250 square foot floor plan to a whopping 1000 foot uh, square foot floor plan. Uh, So now we actually do have some uh, actual seating on the inside, as well as a little bit of a bigger kitchen. But I think the important thing there was, is not only did we not want to sit around during COVID, we wanted to continue pushing forward because we believed that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But we were also able to, our employees were very loyal and chefs who came on, hostesses that came on suddenly became plumbers and electricians and painters, (laughs) and they were putting in flooring. And that's what we did. So instead of going out and hiring contractors, we all pulled together and did the work ourselves with permits, I might add, <laughs> probably yeah. with permits. And we went ahead and we we did everything. And I think that we made a, a, a really uh, beautiful place. And uh, we were kind of able to, uh, you know, turn uh, lemons into lemonade. So is, here we are now. Yeah. We're, now we're cooking. We are yeah, cooking. We're literally. Yeah, quite literally. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, when, when we first talked and you shared that story, it was it was crazy to me, all the different kind of pieces and parts that, that were there. I guess I guess a lot of it's normal because, you know, many restaurateurs and chefs and uh, get started on the catering side. And, and as you said, I think dip the toe in to see how it goes and then you move forward. But man, did you run into some some challenges? And, and I think you probably hold the world's record for the world's shortest grand opening. Um, you need <laughs> to check that. Guinness. Yeah, you yeah. need to check with Guinness after this thing and, and see if you can't get a listing. But uh, right. two hours uh, for our, all our listeners who may have missed that. Yeah. Uh, grand opening uh, started, and then two hours later, the governor come, comes on TV and shuts everything down. So, yeah, you know, it was almost, um, this is how short it was. So literally on our grand opening, we had the uh, health inspector there. Okay. So just, and and believe me, saying two hours, that's generous. So we had the health inspector there and basically that was the start of COVID. Nobody really knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. So the health inspector signed off on the paperwork. We sat there and had a conversation about what we thought the future held, um, you know, with, with what COVID was going to look like, what was going to happen. And within that conversation is when the governor made the announcement. So the health inspector was standing right in front of me and got the text to his phone. It was like, Ooh, I know I just signed off on your paperwork, but you're not going to like this. Guess what? <laughs> and I was like, oh what? What's gosh. going on? Oh yeah. You're shut down. So the health inspector didn't even have a chance to leave our restaurant yet. Oh so, my gosh. Did, yeah. Did, so that, 
So I yeah, guess you I, didn't even get to serve a serve a, client, a customer, did you? <laughs> no, no. But ironically enough, we did have we did have a, a, a giveaway where we were giving away free toilet paper uh, <laughs> to any customers if they needed it. So, yeah, interesting oh, times to say oh the least. Oh my gosh! And and look look at you now, rocking and rolling, got a bigger building, and I love the yep. fact that you guys utilized your your staff. Um, you know, way to way to go and, and find a use for those. Um, I don't know if you got the PPP funding or any of that for for yeah, too too new. Yeah, um, too new. Yeah, you yeah, were too new to, to collect. But um, wow, that's that's a that's a homemade uh, recipe for success right there with everybody coming together and, and pulling off the, the space. And and you said it's just a thousand square feet, but that was four times bigger than what you had. Right. So, and well well that's even with the, when it was just the 250 square feet, that to me was still a kingdom because I was like, well, it's triple the size of the food truck. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, wow, I can actually put my arms out. You know, we're great. Everybody's looking at me like I was crazy. I'm like, oh, it's a ton of room. Yeah, how, are we gonna fit, yeah, how are we going to fit all this stuff? I'm like, oh, just, you know, you have to look at it three-dimensionally. Just put shelves all the way up to the ceiling. Don't worry. We can reach up. We'll get it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it. Get some get some anti-slip ladders in here. And right. We'll be good to go. Well, that is, that's an awesome story. And, um, and you know, one of the things that I wanted to touch on, I thought would be really relevant to our audience um, that we talked about was, um, you know, trying to provide some advice and guidance, some tips maybe to uh, people who haven't opened up a space yet. Uh, as they're looking at their first project or their first location, um, and and you kind of had some bad experiences in terms of of leasing a building to begin with. So, can you share with us, you know, maybe some advice or some tips of of what to to do and what not to do? Well, I can tell you this: that if this is the first time that you are looking for a space for a restaurant, okay, what I'm about to say is actually pretty cliched. But I cannot reemphasize it enough. You need to take the emotion out of it, okay? And you need to find the space that is right for your concept, okay? Um, sometimes you'll find a space that you think is perfect. Maybe it's turnkey, you know, maybe you can get the landlord to do what you need to do as far as like maybe putting a grease trap in or electrical or you name it. And somehow along the line, the deal just falls short, okay? The first thing I can say to that is, don't get desperate. I promise you, there's a thousand more fish in the sea, okay? You can absolutely find another spot. You Just take your emotion out of it. Let that place go. If it's not the right fit, it's not the right fit. When you do finally find the right fit, okay, and you're able to talk to the uh, the landlord, or let's say, um, you know, they, they typically have like a building manager or somebody that you'll go through, depending on how many uh, pieces of real estate they own, okay, um, you need to get a lawyer. You need to absolutely have a lawyer look over your contract slash lease. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people will avoid getting that lawyer because lawyers are expensive. So what I would say is what you want to do is you want to negotiate what you need, whether it be rent, whether it's going to be passed through, uh, you know, who is responsible for garbage? Is there a grease trap? Is there any type of construction that needs to be um, implemented into the space? Does it need more electrical? Does it need gas lines? There's a lot of different working parts that need to be figured out. Who's paying for that 
um, expansion. If you as the renter are paying for that expansion, then that should that gives you a bargaining chip to ask for a lower rent. If the landlord is going is willing to go ahead and put that you know work in, then that gives the landlord the bargaining chip to go ahead and charge you more rent. However, it's nice on the front end not having to drop you know tens of thousands of dollars, which sometimes these you know if not more that these projects can you know definitely cost. Okay, now all of this is done back and forth through email conversations, what have you, and you will eventually get to a point where you are asked to sign an LOI, better known as a letter of intent. This letter of intent is exactly what it says, right? You're going to sign this letter. It's going to have the basic negotiations that you guys have talked about, that you guys have kind of settled on, right? Once that letter of intent is, is signed upon, it's not binding, okay? Well, you better make sure it says that it's not binding, okay? Yeah, so it's, it, it's not binding, and then they'll go ahead and start, you know, working out the lease and everything. Then they'll shoot you over the copy of the lease. That is when I recommend going to a lawyer and saying, hey, sir, ma'am, please look over this, uh, this lease and tell me, do you see any landmines, which I'm about to walk into? And something I really want to emphasize here, okay? Again, I know it sounds cliche, right? But having that lawyer look at it, okay, these lawyers look at a hundred of these leases a month. Okay. Yes. I'm exaggerating that number, but you get what I'm saying, mm -hmm. but I can get, I can guarantee you this, that landlord is used to renting out to people. Okay. This is not his or her first rodeo. They know how to hedge the, you know, the odds in their favor. They know how to put specific wording in there that if something goes horribly wrong, that they're going to be protected. Okay. One of the biggest things are in that lease is, are you going to sign a personal guarantee? Okay. And just to touch on this topic really quick, for those of you who don't know what a personal guarantee is, a personal guarantee is again, exactly what it sounds like. People will go out, get corporations, LLCs, and the understanding that this protects them personally in case their business ever goes under or they have to file for bankruptcy. But if you sign that personal guarantee, that means that that gives the landlord permission to come after you personally if for whatever reason you have to break that lease. Now, I know nobody ever wants to, you know, go off of the assumption that, you know, failure is an option, okay? But real life happens sometimes. So if, that, if there is a personal guarantee in that lease, then they are going to be able to garnish your wages, put a lien on your house, put a lien on your car, what have you. Okay. So once again, this is why you want to have a lawyer look all over this. You need to have some type of advocate on your side to make sure you are protected as well as possible. And that is, you know, to have a lawyer look at at least it's a couple hundred dollars, but it can save you tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees or headaches or you name it. And then not only that, but it also gives you that ammo that if for whatever reason, you know, I mean, let's just hope that, you know, whatever landlord that you have, um, you know, wants to work with you, wants to, you know, make sure that everything is right. But typically, in my experience, a lot of landlords don't really care. I mean, they're not there to sell your product. All they care about is their rent at the end of the day. So you need to protect yourself 
as well as humanly possible because God knows they're protecting themselves. And then it just keeps everybody honest. It keeps everybody honest and equal on both sides. Well, I think that is um, awesome advice. And I made several notes while you were speaking. And, um, you know, I, I think that'd be a great piece of piece of advice for anybody starting a business and looking at leases or uh, any kind of contractual documents. We, we all, especially as small business owners, we don't want to spend that 500 bucks, you know, to the, that attorney or, or whatever. And it's like, oh, I'll just read through this. As you start reading the first page, you might actually consume. After that, it's just, you know, right. it, it, all that legalese becomes overwhelming. You still think you know what you're doing. You sign the document and then you find yourself without a sign in front of your business while right. the business is hidden in the basement. Exactly. <laughs> you're flooding. You're flooding. You're, you're, I, you know, well, some of the things that we we've experienced is, you know, we were constantly flooding because we were in the basement. Uh, the building was not up to code. Um, the wall and door to protect our, our restaurant that was supposed to go in before we moved in uh, was never completed, thus giving complete strangers and whomever access to our restaurant, which they were robbing on a daily basis. Because, hey, there's a register and a safe just sitting there. You know, no mm. sign. You know, I mean, we could just go on and on. Only to then, ironically enough, find out that our lease wasn't even valid. It was signed fraudulently under a corporation which didn't even exist. Oh, my gosh. So we couldn't even. So the, the irony was, here I was afraid that, you know, we could possibly get sued to the point where I said, wow, we are really in the right here. How does this landlord think he's going to get away with this? Only to find out that we had no contract or legal grounds to even go after the landlord because basically we had signed a phony document. Mm-hmm. How so? So to even go to uh, uh, through the court system, I mean, our our first hurdle would to be just to prove we were even <laughs> even existed at this building. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, they yeah, so. they could have claimed that there was no agreement ever ever made. Yeah. You were you were just uh, uh, barring the space on your own, right? Yeah, le- legit dogs and who? What? Yeah. <laughs> who are they? Yeah. yeah, never heard of you. Right, I don't even know why they're in our basement. Yeah, there's been some guy in the basement. And he had hot dogs. I don't know who this guy is, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, believe me that you know I, I like to say the door swings both ways, but man, it's a revolving door mm-hmm. of just you know get off at any exit. To any uh, you know, any uh, venue of Crazy Town, um, and and honestly, you know, the sad thing is, is we have a good lawyer, and uh, you know, just like going to the doctor, I don't like going to the doctor either, right? I never, yeah. I never had him read the contract. <laughs> I yep. never, I didn't have him read the contract, so I really just did this to myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he was just like, "What are you doing?" So when it, you know when it when the other foot finally came down, he was just like, "Yeah, it's you know two years too late. You know, we, let's figure out what we're going to do at this point." So uh, yeah, what a, so what a story! What a story! Yeah, I'm telling you guys, yeah, get that lawyer. Just you know, spend a couple hundred dollars. You know, just do it. It's it'll save you a lifetime of grief and angst. I mean that that's an awesome story, and thank you for sharing your your. Um... Your challenges, as far as that goes, that's and, a nice way of saying it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was challenge obstacles. That was all kinds of all kinds of nasty stuff. But um, so, what are you running into today? Now that you're, you know, you've got your bigger space, you're you're doing your your day to day business. COVID, 
is not behind us by far, but it's, no. you know, we're in a much better position family were if things don't take a turn. Are there any, any big challenges right now that you're facing uh, that you're dealing with? Well, so there are, there's always going to be challenges, right? So yes. I guess it's just, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder. I, I can tell you something that as long as anybody who runs a restaurant or any business for that matter, you have to understand there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be catastrophes. Like I said, even today, you know, we're going into another 85, 95 degree weather, you know, week. And we just have, you know, we just found out that our, uh, our building is getting the roof redone. Thus, uh, our air conditioner is going to be turned off, disconnected for three days, three, four days. So the question is, do we remain open? And, uh, you know, we just let everybody sweat it out and make a bad impression on customers or do we shut it down and then break that consistency and have customers come out and, um, you know, we're not open and then they're angry. We're not open. It's, yeah. you know, typ yeah, typically these, these situations give you a no win situation. The best you can do is damage control. But I can tell you this, that one of the most important things that I've learned in doing all of this is that one, you need to recognize that there's always going to be challenges, right? Once again, it's cliched to say, yeah. but I don't think you really realize it until, you, you know, it's you, you basically wake up every morning to what fresh new hell am I going to see today, right? Mm -hmm. That it almost overshadows your achievements and accomplishments because you're constantly putting out fires. But one of the biggest things that I have learned in this time is to learn to say no, okay? And there are a lot of different levels in saying no. Okay. You will find that when you open a new restaurant, that there are people that come out of the woodwork who want something from you. Okay. And they may be customers, they may be paying customers, or they may be charities or groups looking for donations. Okay. We are in the hospitality business. Um, we never want to let anybody down. Right. So uh, we typically have this problem of saying no, especially starting out, because you don't want to make people angry. You don't yeah. want them to be disappointed in you. You're trying to build this reputation that you're dependable. You're good. This is a good way to get our, you know, get our brand out, to get our food out. Okay. So the first thing I say is learn to say no. You do not want to overextend. Okay. You do not want to give, um, you know, it is, I don't, I don't want to seem callous when I say this, but you cannot give too much away. You cannot give too much away to all of the charities, all of the school functions, all of the city functions. Everybody wants something for free. Okay. And you need to, you need to focus. I'm not saying don't do it. What I'm saying is you need to focus on the things that actually matter to you. Things that are in your demographic. Okay. Otherwise it's, costing you time, but, or excuse me, it's costing you money. Okay. It's costing you products, it's costing you money, it's costing you labor, it's costing you utilities, but more importantly, it's costing you time. Time becomes the most val valuable currency that you have. When people say there are not enough hours in the day, they are not kidding. And what happens is if you start to overextend, you start saying yes to everything, Okay, then you, you, you cannot, you cannot cut corners, something is going to suffer. Okay, whether that means that you are exhausted, 
and you know, maybe you're just not as passionate about cooking for that day. So therefore the recipes don't come out that good um, or as good as they should. Um, or you're exhausted and you're pushing your staff and they don't have enough time to prep the food that you need, or you're giving away product that your restaurant needs. And now you're scrambling at the last minute because that's the day that, you know, a bus of customers decided to pull up. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, all your, your product is out there. Okay. So there is definitely that. The, the other flip side of that coin is I hate saying no to customers uh, that are trying to get us to do gigs. Okay. I have, I had a customer that they wanted to, they wanted to rent out basically our restaurant for a hundred customers. And that's great. Right. Because you know, I mean, you know, you, you do the math depending on what the budget would have been per customer, a hundred customers, beautiful. They also wanted to run out that restaurant our restaurant um, on Sunday and uh, Sunday being our busiest day. It's impossible. Right. And there's that, there's that part of you that doesn't ever want to say no to a paying customer because it looks like, Oh, I'm leaving money on the table, but you have to think about the repercussions of, yeah, sure, you can fill that customer's needs, right, for that Sunday, and then we can shut the business down, and we're guaranteed that money, but now you have your regular Sunday customers on your busy, it's Sunday, everybody's going out to brunch, right, to a breakfast place, now they're going to be angry, because they came out specifically for you, and they can't get in, now they're going to go somewhere else, they're going to go to one of your competitors, okay, you have to stay focused and again, just not overextend. So obviously, you know, I wish there was, you know, some formula, some magic bullet that I could say like, oh, this is how you do it. But, you know, every business is unique. And the best I can say is you just have to remember to say no and to not overextend. Plus, not to mention, and I can't emphasize this enough, you don't want to stress out your employees either. Yeah, they're there to work. But I mean, all of a sudden, if you double or triple their load, you know, to be, to be going off on these shenanigans because you've overextended, then, you know, once again, you're going to face those repercussions down the road. You know, I mean, human beings get tired. Yes. Yes, we do. And the older we get, the quicker that happens. I'm going to tell you, I I think I've got, I think I got a couple of years on you. So I'm, I'm well experienced there, but that, those are great tips. Great, great pieces of advice. Um, I noted time is currency and uh, sometimes you do have to say no and turn away business, which is so difficult to do. Right. And, uh, you know, most business owners learn that the hard way. Um, they don't say no, especially when it comes to, to taking on certain business. And what you what you find is or what I found typically in, in, in my business is that um, those customers that I knew were on the margins of, you know, and, and business that I took on that that I knew was probably not the best thing to do turned out to be uh, the hardest work. And I made the least amount of money on, (laughs) you know, and the stress was higher and the demands were stronger. And it's like, but you're my, you're like, I'm making 10 bucks on you. Uh, Right. (laughs) And you're killing me. 
Yeah, and you know the other the other thing, kind of you know, and I, I you know, I, I hate I hate to say the word. Let's call it donations, okay? When you donate yeah. it to somebody, I I don't want to use the word charity, okay? But so when you donate that food, you know, you're you're working under this impression that this is going to be great marketing for you, right? You're going to get your stuff out there, and there's going to be all these people at this event. But I can guarantee you that the majority of the time is this: that the the, the individuals who are asking businesses like us to donate that food, I guarantee you, they asked like 20 other restaurants, okay? You are, unless they specifically come to you and be like, you are our only choice. You are going to be the one and only sponsor, right? I cannot tell you how many times that I have sat there and I have spent all this time cooking off in the corner to maybe make something unique specifically for this event, right? And I drive it out there, right? And I walk in there. And there's like 10 other restaurants, right? Yeah. And then you put your food down and then nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows, you know, that this food came from there. The best that I've ever gotten for it is where they go, oh yeah, I remember like, you know, some long time ago I was at this place and your food was there. Oh yeah, now that rings a bell. It wasn't like yeah. that drove them into the restaurant. They just happened to like stumble in and be like, oh yeah, the light bulb just went off. Right. And uh, unless you can actually stay at that event and schmooze and work the room, right? Like I've, I've literally had it happen before where I've, I've donated food to an event and I've had other business owners or restaurant owners, right? Stay at the event and then they walk around and they take all of the credit. And mm -hmm. I had to go back and cook at the restaurant. Right? And these guys are taking, taking the credit for my food. Right? right. And they're just, you know, shamelessly promoting themselves. And it's like, I didn't even get a thank you. I mean, nobody yeah. even knows I've existed. Why did I do all this work? So if you're going to donate, this is why I say you need to really choose what you do. And if you're going to do it, it has to be, you just, you really have to settle and just, just resign yourself that this has to be for completely altruistic reasoning, because I'm probably not going to get anything for my business, you know, in return. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that there are, there are plenty of events that I've, I've donated to that I am very proud of, uh, you know, and you know, so I, I have that, you know, it's, it's like chicken soup for your soul a little bit. Right. But man, I, I'm telling you, I was doing, when I, when I first opened up, I was doing one, two of these events a week. You know, it was just one thing. It was like basically yeah. like catering for, for six months for free and for basically nothing in return yeah, so well, it's, yeah it's, it's like getting on those uh phone call solicitor lists once you once you get on one list you spread and then everybody right. goes hey let's go to the red poppy bistro <laughs> right Matt, yeah, those guys will give you anything matter <laughs> feed you anything that's right right and it's like you know you have, you have to remember i mean we have as business owners we have a responsibility to say no sometimes because it's, again it's in the best interest of our employees like we're responsible for employing people right we yeah. have to make sure that we pull a profit unfortunately that's the way that our system works right that's the name of the business model you actually have to be on the plus side of that profit in order to continue those paychecks yeah. so you know i don't ever want to sound like uh you know at, at, like 
I, I don't know what the right word is. You know, non non charitable. Yeah, like, like you don't happens. you know you don't care. You're you're mean. Right, no. you're, you're the Grinch. You're the yeah. God, I wish I had so much money that I could just sit here and just just crank out food for everybody. Yeah. But it's just you know it's not feasible. It's just not economically feasible. And I don't want to have to go to my employees someday and be like, well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to lose your job because I overextended. <laughs> so you yeah, have great. to keep it all. Yeah. You have to keep it all in check. That's, that's, that's some great advice um, for all, everybody listening, including myself, because I have a hard time as well um, saying no and, and not getting involved in things that, that don't necessarily generate profit. Um, and as you said, time is, is so important now that if you give that away, even if it's not costing you anything, but you give your time up as well, uh, it's the same as taking, taking money out of the, out of the business. So you got to be aware. Hey, let me switch gears on you. And and I I know I've had you on for a little while now. I don't don't know exactly what time we started. So I've lost track, but I wanted to ask you about, um, success measurements, you know, for your business and, um, just get a feel for how you think in terms of measuring your your success um, uh, of your day, of your week, uh, what have you. And a lot of people talk about metrics and you know profitabilities and net profits and margins and all that. What what do you look at to to see and and kind of tell the state of the business on a regular basis? Uh, especially in this day and age, look, them, them rules is out the window. So we can sit here and we can talk about metrics. We can talk about this. I remember, you know, when we were, you know, doing TMAs, when we first opened up the restaurant, you know, target market analysis, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what, you know, here are what the trends are and this and that, and blah, 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 blah. It's all out the window, right? None of, like th- there's no, there's no good um, barometer other than, your own instincts. Okay. You have to be involved in it. You have to be involved in in your business and you need to be involved in social media. You need to be involved in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. If you're hopefully (laughs) not too old to be called a boomer on TikTok. Right. (laughs) I mean, it, it, it is pretty basic for, for that you know, barometer of you know, success is, is your bank account positive, <laughs> right? I mean, nowadays we have wonderful POS systems. Um, it, it's a devil's bargain on that. <laughs> yeah. But at least our POS systems give us great tools to track. Okay. Like I can literally go onto my POS system and I can just hit compare last week to this week. Right. And it will tell you, okay, you know, my, my time card is run through time cards are run through the POS system. It will tell me, okay, you you know, your, um, your, your work staff. Okay. Uh, has gone up 45% and your sales have gone up 65%. It can be as simple as that. I have a small bistro right now, right? I am not running a conglomerate. So I am there every day. I am talking to the customers. I am engaging with the customers. I am seeing how busy my restaurant is. I am paying attention to the um, basic spreadsheets on my POS system, right? And uh, I, I, I would say that that is you know, the best way to stay engaged, talk to your customers, see what their wants and what their needs are. Okay. Um, I always say that, look, that measuring your success, okay, 
And I'm going to say, I, I said that I always say, and I don't always say it. My wife says it. So, so I'm stealing some, uh, some uh, words of wisdom from her. She's going to see this and be like, I, you've never said that. I say this, but <laughs> she goes, she, she explained it like this to me. And I was like, this is actually a genius analogy. Your business is like a stock. Okay. If you invest into a stock, you're going to have red days and you're going to have green days. Your return of investment is based off of quarterly reports, right? You have four, you know, quarterly reports per year, and then you can track that is the best way um, in the law, you know, for a long term to see what, you know, how it's gone. Has the graph gone up? Has the graph gone down? But she's like, if you stay so focused every single day, oh, you had a bad day, right? Or you had two bad days. You may have a bad week. We had a bad week last week. It was like 100 degrees and 99% humidity, right? Nobody wanted to come out and eat giant three-pound Popeyes. I don't blame them, right? But if I would have focused on that one week, then you know it's like having the problem right in your face. You can't see the forest right through all the trees or does this go? Not think you, you got it right. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, though, sir. Right? Yeah. So you have to, you have to just stay engaged, not stress out every single time that you have a bad day, not get too overconfident when you have a good day or a good week, but really just follow your reports. Look at them weekly, look at them at monthly and look at them quarterly right? Again, sounds cliched, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. Um, and I will tell you what the, what the best feeling in the world is, is when you start to see those regulars, when you hear, when they walk in through that door and they go, we're back again, or you go, Hey, welcome back. There's your, there's your, your success. If it starts coming in where a large majority of your customers you're saying, hey, welcome back. Then you're making it. You're doing just fine. But it takes time to build that. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And that that is great advice. I, and, I, and thank you to your wife yeah. for educating you uh, with that analogy about business being like a stock. I, I really yeah. like that. you got to kind of look at, not look at it every hour as the market's moving and grooving and doing right. its thing, but but take a look at it more on a long-term basis um, to see where you are. And if you're in the business and involved in the business, uh, I think just to paraphrase Matt, then you're, you're going to know um, what's going on and kind of how it's going without necessarily even having to re refer all the way, always to your POS reports. And, you know, some businesses uh, are still running with a cash register and a, a swipe machine. So, uh, you know, they don't even have the POS to go by. Um, and when I talk to those folks, they tend to say, hey, I know what's going on. I watch, you know, I, I see right. if there's food left on plates. You know, I, I, I know what's going on. I know for over serving or over, um, you know, just by watching what comes back to the kitchen. Right. Know, I talk to people um, and they, they, they really run from the, you know, run the business from the seat of their pants and their instincts, um, just by, you know, by being there. Cause they don't have that, that data in front of them, but great talk, Matt. You've been, you've been awesome, brother. I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your thoughts and, um, your advice, any final words or comments that I neglected to ask you that you'd like to like to share. Well, I, I could talk for hours. So <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Maybe I opened the wrong door. Yeah, right. You're opening Pandora's <laughs> box right now. Yeah. 
I, you know, it, again, I, I hate to sound cliched, but you know, if you're already this far, right, you're already thinking about this, you got to have a little bit of faith in yourself, right? Common sense, you will find that common sense will get you a lot farther <laughs> than you could ever possibly imagine. And it will almost pull back this veil in this business when you use that common sense of how many people around you don't use common sense. And you will really start to see, wow, how do these people just constantly fail upwards? <laughs> so with that said, believe me, common sense and, and keeping a, you know, keeping a cool head on it, you know, just, you have to follow those basic one-on-ones yeah. lawyer, lawyer, listen to your gut. Don't overextend. If something, look, if something doesn't feel right to you, don't be afraid to take a step back. It's your business. It's your business. You're the leader. Okay. Don't be afraid to be that guy is going to throw that BS flag and go, hold on. I need more time to look at this before we move forward with it. Yeah. Okay. And then use your common sense, use your good judgment, and then decide on what direction you're going to use. Yeah. And if common sense and your good judgment don't give you the answer, then ask your wife. Right, exactly. Hopefully, yeah. Right. <laughs> that is the final is, thought for all of us, Mary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Always ask the wife. Because uh, if you don't, believe me, she'll be telling you, I told you so yep. <laughs> for the rest of your life. You're you're right. And, and they usually know best. So it's always right. it's always good to, to have that feedback. Well, thank you, Matt, for, for being on the show today and sharing uh, all that you did because I think you had some awesome advice and, and and you laid it out there nice and succinct for us and for our listeners to be able to take in. So I'm sure they, they truly enjoyed it. Uh, if you're in the area, um, if you're in Elgin, Illinois, or anywhere close by and you have not been to the Red Poppy Bistro, get yourself down there and go see <laughs> Matt and his team and uh, and and get you some Polish deli. I mean, right. if you haven't had it, you got to try it, right? Right. Um, but uh, again, thank you for being on today, Matt. I'm going to shut us off here and uh, and wind it down. So I just want to say thank you for your time. Um, our audience and myself, we appreciate you. And um, I hope to talk to you soon. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. And good luck to everyone. Good thank luck you. to everyone out there. <laughs> and, and for all our listeners, uh, this is another version of uh, the Local Leaders Podcast. And we hope that you'll check out all the other episodes that we've, we've got. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. You can find us at www.jeffzpodcast.com or jeffzjohnson.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening and be sure to come back every Monday and Wednesday for our next episode.